0: Project A Podcast.
1: Hi, this is Tamal Havari, CPO at Project A Ventures. Welcome to a new episode of our podcast. In today's episode, we'll talk about product strategies, how to build them up, how to communicate them and how to know if they're good or not. You might have experienced flaws in your product strategy when you have tons of possibilities, but nothing that helps you prioritize your tasks. Your company goals are just bound to revenue KPIs and quick wins and low hanging fruits become more important than anything else. First and foremost, you need a product strategy because it sets the direction and establishes priorities for your organization. It's a great tool to get all departments moving together to achieve the same company goals. But building a product strategy is a very complicated and complex task. Most digital companies have a product strategy but they're often incomplete or just like not strong enough. And to discuss that topic, I invited Klaus-Peter Frahm and Michael Schieben, two experts in that field, creator of the product field framework and field.so that helps you to develop your product strategy. So let's start with the discussion. Hello, Klaus-Peter, Hello, Michael, how are you doing? Hi, Tama. Hello, so, I'm good, hi. <laughs> Great to have you here. What is your experience with product strategies? Do you think that this is a big topic for companies that they should work on?
0: Yeah, I think like a strategy and a shared strategy is very important because it leads to commitment and alignment in the whole company. And uh, a product strategy especially is so powerful because everyone inside an organization can connect to the product and see what he contributes to the product and what the product delivers towards the outside of the organization. So I'm totally a fan of product strategies and especially shared product strategies where everyone can connect to.
1: I mean, when I'm talking about product strategies with many people, there's often this kind of question, what is actually a strategy? Um, so do you have for yourself some kind of definition for product strategy that you would like to use?
0: Yeah, first, I'd like to uh, share the core elements of a good strategy. And it's mainly derived from the book Good Strategy, Bad Strategy by Richard Rummel, And the difference and why it matters is the subtitle of the book. And I think the, the core elements of a good strategy is the state of what is a description, what ought to be so state of the future that we're aiming at. A good strategy also names the obstacles and hurdles that need to be overcome to get to that desired state. And also it defines a coherent set of actions. But sometimes actions are not that clear. So it also might define a set of questions that are hard to answer. questions that you need to explore to to find an answer to that question. And a holistic product strategy defines the overall relation between the outside and the inside of the company in both directions um, and defines the, the rela- relation between the organization and the environment and also the relation between abstract and concrete. So abstract might be like the goals and the purpose, more concrete is resources and the implementation. So for me, a good strategy talks or covers all aspects about the user value of the product, the market situation, the resources, and the core idea why this product happens and why people are doing the actions.
1: That sounds super interesting. Can you give us an idea of how you actually get started with um, product strategy and the product field.
2: So maybe I could just start a little bit by explaining why we uh, originally came up with a product field, because that solved an, an itch that we, that we ourselves had when we were in a situation where it was very difficult to talk about strategy, because everybody has a different view on strategy and also very difficult to talk about product because a lot of people have different views what actually a product is. So it was a very fuzzy situation back then. And what we actually felt was needed was a tool that uh, helps us facilitate communication with a lot of people around something like a product strategy, where it's re- really clear what the strategy actually is and the product actually is. And at that time when we when we felt that need, it was two thousand thirteen or something. There was no tool around that really uh, facilitated this, this kind of communication shared view on, on strategy and product so that was basically the initial point when we, when we came up with the idea that we need to create such a tool for ourselves and that's where, where, we, where we started back then and so that that answers the question how we got to the product field and the other th- thing is if we if we going to start developing a, a strategy the first thing that is always necessary is to uh, what, what, what michael already said to to take a look at what is to make a, in germany we say a, a null a baseline measurement to take a look at everything that is in place to look at the state of the product how it is right now and not just uh, from one perspective but from all the perspectives that are involved very different very, very important and that is the entry point of every strategy to be, or to generate a context awareness for everybody who is affected or involved by by the product, so that is that is ba- basically the starting point. For me specifically, it was very difficult to get everybody in the company aligned around the idea, the very idea of a product. If you ask a salesperson what the product is, uh, this salesperson thinks about a handout with a flyer with some some feature uh, mentioned on it. If you ask the designer, that's a completely other uh, story. What is a product? A product is something that solves a user need. And uh, if you ask the management, the product is basically just the, the value element to throw at at the market. And that's the same thing that that marketers uh, think of products. And so it is really, really difficult or it was uh, really difficult for us or for me specifically in the, in the context that i worked with, uh, worked in back then. It was a, a big company and to to really align people around the idea of what actually a product is. So that that's was that was really yeah. a, a, a big challenge. Mm-hmm. What, what are the common mistakes that
1: people do when working or building a product strategy? Well, there are a lot of them. <laughs> let's, let's let's get some of them that just like pops into your mind. One is
0: asking boring questions when involving like different perspectives and trying to unlocking the knowledge that already exists inside the organization. Uh, second, like mistake is to not involve different perspectives. Another big one is to conclude too early, so to not diverge in thinking enough because people are afraid of uh, certain discussions and don't want to discuss the hard stuff. So they tend to be lazy and conclude too early. The other thing is yeah, no context clarification or biased context clarification. For example, only integrating knowledge from the inside of the organization, what we are capable of doing, not discussing context information from the outside, how the market develops, what users really want and need. And then when mm, drawing or taking decisions, which route to take, what are the biggest hurdles? What are the questions we should focus on as part of that strategy? Yeah, having no shared, what I call like a frame of reference. So the surrounding big picture that helps people to agree on decisions. And that leads to a lack of support for these the decisions made. So... What I've um, experienced a lot as a facilitator, like facilitating like group processes that people tend to make words, but with like this use the same words, the same language, but have different concepts in mind. So it feels like an agreement, but it actually is a disagreement. So one big mistake, I think, is only rely on words and not creating maps, visualizations together. Like visualizations really help in coming together and creating like a bigger picture, a holistic view on that thing, strategy, that's greater than the words that determine your, your silo or the department you are working in. Because through that career path, through, through you going through university for a specific discipline ending in that organization, your words might be the same words that, for example, the engineer uses, but they refer to different concepts. And if you stay on that abstract level of words, it's like really hard to find agreement and common sense. But if you try to visualize how these concepts relate to each other, where are they positioned regarding your product strategy or the goal you're trying to achieve, then you see where the disagreement really is and what you need to solve to come up with a shared understanding.
1: All right, and this is like essentially the product field where you have the tool to visualize the different
0: perspectives. Yes, in general, it's concept mapping that could happen without the product field, but the product field specifying certain coordinates makes it very easy for different disciplines to to agree on how you create that concept map. So it's basically defines a space that enables you to create uh, your specific. Concept map, your specific uh, strategy on top of the coordinate space of the product field. And by the way, this this term uh, coordinate space is really uh, comes from an early design. Now, now nowadays labeled as early design thinker Horst Rittel, who talked about like problem space, solution space. Mm-hmm. But what the a product field really is is like the innovation space, discussing not only problem and solution, but the greater context of, of innovation or product innovation.
2: And I want, I'd like to add one, one aspect if we talk about mistakes. So sometimes it's not very clear what the actual flight level is. So we are, we are having a product field or whatever, and people talking about something in the middle, some product, but there is a different understanding of what this product actually is in terms of abstraction level. So it, it can be like a product family, or it can be more like a feature. And, and sometimes that, that's really, really, yeah, it leads the group to, a, to false conclusions, because it's very important to know if you're talking about a feature or if you're talking about a, a line of products or even a company. And, and that is really interesting or really, really challenging to find out sometimes to find the right flight level and strategy.
1: Do, do you think that all these kind of like, let's say, product lines or sub products. Should have its own strategy, or do you yes. say no the strategy is a product strategy and
2: all the different
1: sub products will derive out of that?
2: No, they are they, they have to have their own strategy, but these strategies are linked, they are linked very, very directly. There is a cascade or a network of strategy links that you have to explore, and that's the case, that's the reality, that's the complexity that we have to deal with anyway but you need to find ways to make this explorable and discussable. And, um, and now let's not confuse
0: the, the term strategy with a big design up front, right? Because then I would say like, no, totally no. They don't need like a big design up front for like every feature <laughs> and okay. every little part and bit and every aspect of that whole system. But yes, they should have, a strategy, and they should contribute to that overall strategy. But thinking of strategy here really as a, as a linked object there where the, the parts support a greater whole.
1: Let's try to get into the making of it. How can you get started? What do you need to do? Is there a starting point if you can say it like this one?
0: Yeah, maybe to, to summarize and then Klaus might get into the details. You need a lot of like input, which is information. You need to visually structure that input. And then you come up or end up with elements, core elements and connections between the elements and these elements help you to come up with stories to communicate the strategy. So what
1: does it, what does that mean? Can input. Put...
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, what does input mean? What does elements mean? for those who are not so much into this field.
0: Okay, input is answers and a lot of answers, divergent possible answers from different people that are affected by that strategy. So that means from leaders, people building that thing, people buying that thing, people using that thing, and they give you answers regarding certain aspects, regarding users, motivations, problems, like the uniqueness, the goals, the drivers, the enablers, how you produce that thing regarding the distribution and regarding people who are your early customers or later customers or customer segments. So this is a lot of information flowing around and you have to get all that input from different perspectives. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, structure that, connect it. Okay, so this starts with
1: research, if you want to say it like that.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 one part of the research. It's the gathering insights. What what usually happens in workshops as well. So that is that is always the starting point to to generate the full context and make sure that every aspect is as part of the that a big picture that is being uh, generated. And yet, very concretely, you have to define every person that you want to address that you want to include. And then you have to find the right questions for those people. Uh, and th- the right questions means that, that you can't just uh, ask one question for everyone because uh, sometimes we use language in these questions that, like, like um, Michael said before, that have a very different meaning. So you have to find right questions for every target group, for every stakeholder group or for every person. So this is a very delicate thing to do because sometimes if you are in a bigger organization with a few hundreds or a few thousands of people, then it's really hard to to manage that, to get all the information in a a scalable way, not just like in a workshop where you have eight or 10 people, which is really just a very small fraction of the whole organization. Uh, If you want to uh, broaden the scope, if you want to invite more people to that, and it's, it's going to get a little bit harder. So research is like, like well, a simple way to describe it, but it's, it's also the start of a really kind of a complicated process that you need to get a real holistic view on everything that uh, you're going to produce, the strategy of the product. So that's the start, being able to ask uh, the right questions to the right people and as many people as you possibly can ask. Because that is the diverse perspective that you need. Because the product that you're going to build, that's the product that needs to be not just successful in terms of revenue or, or profit. It needs to be uh, successful in the world. So it needs to be uh, successful out there for for people that you are not that are not part of your organizations. So you have to find a way to to gather all these things and not just users. Also, all the perspectives inside your companies, inside your organization That's very important. So, and that's basically one thing that uh, drove us to not just uh, offer this, this framework, like, like the product field, which is a workshop tool, basically to, Mm -hmm. to write software, to facilitate this kind of process. That was, that was the idea, one of the ideas behind building, building the software.
1: How do you proceed from there when you have all the raw data now somewhere?
0: Yeah, it's a process of clustering, grouping, merging, finding the essence. So really turning that input into insights. This could happen as a, a process, a thinking process, a synthesis process that happens alone. You confronted with all you as a product lead confronted with all that input, that could also be a process of sense making. Like a group of people comes together, reads through all that information they have, all that input they collected, and try to synthesize. So back then, Rittel described such an innovation system or a product, yeah, a planning system, which basically today would be like a product strategy system as a system where there are a lot of, like, information and a lot of contradictions. But this is good because if people are confronted with contradictions, this normally leads in design to aha moments. So they realize something new. This is where insights are created, where new meaning emerges from that input, which might inform the strategy. So uh, being confronted with this input, with a contradiction coming from people c- contributing that input, helps to come up with a good strategy, helps to see things like never before.
1: How do you deal them with this kind of situation? I mean, I can imagine this one now that we are in a bigger room. We gathered all this kind of information and then we're starting to, let's say, try to get the or see the essence of what we are discussing, meaning we get a clear definition about the target group that we want to address and how do we want to address that one and how to get their answer on all these questions that are around the product strategy. I mean, isn't that exactly the point that costs a lot of time? How do you deal with that one in that moment? Because it's, you know, like creating all these kind of friction that you describe as very positive but but how do you overcome this one how do you develop from there
0: yeah this one like brilliant book i'd love to recommend for everyone who's like working in such group situations it's by sam Kana called facilitator's guide to participatory decision making and he really you know that book no, no but no. he really yeah. describes exactly that moment and why groups sometimes don't arrive at that Point where things are hard to discuss this is a failure of like concluding too early and sometimes like an external facilitator moderator coach helps but teams some teams are better in going into that phase where things are seem to be like very hard and oh we can't solve that and we can't do it and he calls this phase the grown zone in Germany, it's the Echts- und zone. It's so hard to be here. It doesn't feel comfortable to be in that state <laughs> with my team. Mm-hmm. And this grown zone happens right after the uh, divergent thinking phase. So when there's too much input, maybe, or mm-hmm. the points or the perspectives too diverse to conclude. So his guidance in that book, to, to like really <laughs> give it like a, sh- a short summary, is keep the group going. Like motivate them to go through that phase, let mm-hmm. them see that they will arrive somewhere, and I've experienced that in many situations. Groups are able to arrive at the point where they find a shared what I call or he calls also like a shared frame of reference. Mm-hmm. Now they know the conditions in the environment that really matter to move forward to get to that desired state, and once they found the shared frame of reference and are able to describe the shared frame of reference, so what determines the, the options we have, the options we can move forward, it's really easy to converge, it's really easy to come up with decisions. Most often people don't have to do that decisions and write them down in that workshop because they, what they take from that situation <laughs> is a shared frame of reference. And sometimes they can name it more in a term, like a meme, right? So they, they can describe that moment where they had that aha as a group. Mm-hmm. And then you distribute decision-making. And these decisions will be aligned to that shared frame of reference once mm-hmm. they are through that grown zone.
1: Okay. I, 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 get this, I get this point. I think you need to have this one as a norming or storming phase in a team group where you need to just like get, get this kind of like common alignment. Let's take a like small step back and just like not discuss any more about the, let's say the organization or the team dynamics, but rather about the, what kind of data do we actually need? I mean, we named a couple of them, but is, is there a hard list that you're going to follow and, and which kind of data do you say like, okay, this is enough to get started?
0: The product feeds frames the kind of data or the kind of like input people should consider when, when creating a product strategy. Mm-hmm. And it's like 12 different aspects they described in the book. But it's from our experience, from the teams that have worked, that's the common things people talk about when talking about product and innovation. It's about the user value, the desirability of a product. So mm-hmm. speaking about users, motivations, their problems. It's about the marketability and the market, speaking about customers, the alternative competitors and the distribution. Then the feasibility, the resources that you need to shape that product, enablers, production activities and the solution and the viability, the idea of the product, namely goals, leaders and drivers and the uniqueness of the product. So... Collecting input regarding mm-hmm. these 12 aspects is super helpful. And then you need to connect mm-hmm. these input.
1: How do you connect these kind of things? And what do you need to look for in order to make these kind of connections?
0: Yes, and that's why I said, like, let's visualize, let's kind of like put it not somewhere, not into boxes but into that coordinate space that the product field defines. So this mm-hmm. is really the uniqueness of the product field compared to other canvases. It's, it's a coordinate system. So you put like more abstract things literally on the top of that field, more concrete, tangible things like production processes on the bottom. You put mm-hmm. the things that are important regarding your inside of the organization on the left side other ideas concepts on the right side where we, are, we speak about the user and the customer and then you bring that chunks of information into form and bringing it into form leads to new information because what really happens in this processes is oh you have one element here represented as a posted or sticky note in MIRO or as an element in our software whatever and then you have the next element coming from totally different perspectives and other questions, located somehow close to that first thing. And you see that connection between the two elements. It sounds a bit like magic, but once you experience it, <laughs> you see it works. It's a bit like bike riding. Yeah, You can't yeah. describe bike riding without like getting onto the bicycle yourself.
2: It's actually not magic. It's really logic, to be honest. It's I mean, once you apply that logic, it's, it, it appears like magic, but it isn't. And, And it's, it's sometimes it helps me when I work with the product field and teams. And sometimes you have something like, oh, we have some, some enabler here, which is let's say a, a, a cooperation partner. Okay. This Mm -hmm. is an enabler for our product. And um, then someone comes up and say, well, maybe it is also a distribution asset. So what do we do? So do we, do we place it on the, on the enabling side on the inside, or do we place it on the outside of the distribution and then the discussion? is as the thing that is so valuable and that's that leads to a connection and that is basically what you can do with all these inputs and insights shortly discuss or or think about where these or where this a specific aspect needs to be placed is it something that's more outside inside basically what, what michael just said and this is this is super super helpful to really make sense of the information that people are provided because They provide it in a a very way where where they sit uh, in front of their desk and uh, answering questions in front of their computer. But once the the, the input comes together, it leads to new uh, connections and new kind of uh, references, new kind of, yeah, senses. And that's basically uh, the process.
1: So so as I see it, you're going to build like a bigger context environment where people can actually see the connections, right? So if I I translate this one... Like you have an idea, right, on how to do something. And if it doesn't speak to the user value that you want to create, there is a mismatch, right? So so this is something that you need to work on to see like, is the idea bad or is the value that you're creating just like not the right thing? And then you probably then, maybe you can share some experience from these kind of things, see some kind of like big picture coming up where you say like, okay, I can somehow connect the idea with the value, with the feasibility and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm to see, okay, there is something, let's say, consistent coming out of it, something that makes sense in terms of, okay, if I do this, then this happens, then this happens, and this
0: comes together. Yeah, beautiful description. And this really emerges out of the visual form. It's about like closeness and like being able to point at certain, what I call it like elements. Elements are more mm-hmm. like statements that described what is the current situation or what is the desired situation and like connecting these statements is super helpful and involving people in that process really creates a shared understanding and therefore commitment and alignment yeah
1: all right how do we then after we let's say we are now at the stage where we created this kind of like big picture view and whatever what typically happens afterwards what do you do then is that is that then the strategy is that a basis where you see this is part of it and you need to do a cleanup and remove all these unnecessary things? How, yes. how do you get, get from there?
0: Okay, so sure, cleanup was like implicitly happening during this process. So diverging <laughs> and converging, or going through the ground and then converging is kind of a, a, a cleanup. And yeah, what happens next? The strategy needs to be communicated and the strategy needs to be like communicated over and over again. And we believe that a, a good strategy contains all the elements and connections that help people to come up with stories, to mm. share that strategy. And telling or communicating this strategy is based on the elements and connections that we have seen in that visualization or that people created or have seen in that aha moments during that process. And people use these elements to tell their stories and listeners, they... Why they they tell the story is the reason that they want the listeners to connect to the story and connect to the strategy and to enable and empower the listeners to retell the story for others. So this is how a strategy like distributes into the organism of an organization. But too often people think uh, the strategy is equal to the slides that they are presenting. But that is not true. The slides that you use maybe to tell the story of that strategy, Mm-hmm. It's like an appropriate artifact or a beautiful artifact for one point in time for a specific audience. But this is not the thing that kind of transports the strategy into the organization. Mm-hmm. And the slides are not the strategy. And yeah, so it's super important to, to, to have a group of people that is aware of the elements and the connections and is, is able to create a story out of these elements and connections that listeners can connect to.
1: I would love to have some examples, how the story would look like, or what kind of stories are actually coming out of that. It's probably, as far as I now get it, not only one story but probably multiple stories, right? So it's probably a marketing story or a product story or a tech story or something like that. Right? Do you have something in mind or something that you can share with us that gives us a good idea about the using storytelling as a tool of communication?
0: yes maybe maybe it works as an example i'm not really sure but let's like zoom into the story a bit because it's hard to share like one story but you, you're t- totally right uh, you have to you tell the developers or the engineering team a different story than you would like tell to the marketing people or to your investors or stakeholders and so when we zoom in i, I don't want to share a story but i I, I want to share like what I've experienced and really fascinates me that sometimes in a strategy there are new words new things that describe like concepts that the organization has not used before and one example is when I worked with Klaus in the context of his organization there was this German term Werteinheit which translates to value unit but even like Werteinheit is in German a bit uh, cucumbers uh, cumbersome it's like <laughs> weird like like word but uh, this was one outcome of uh, the strategy we have to focus on the value we are creating that is not digitized yet so a lot of like work happens or happened in that organization that was not adequately in the digital systems so it could not be transported to the customer they could not be charged money for that value it was just like shipped or delivered Like, really late in the process. So, but customers and users uh, of that, their product were interested in that value, but it was not digital yet. So, we came up, or the leader at at, uh, that company came up with the term okay, let's put all the value creation into. Certain value units, Werteinheiten. And this was one word, more like a meme in that cumbersome way of being the term Werteinheiten that connected to so many discussions and conversations that followed in that organization. Mm-hmm. And so this really, yeah, it's like a mimetic, like evolution of that context. So now we have to think about like, oh, Yes, the work I'm doing right now it could be transformed into a Werteinheit and could be valuable for our users and customers and our business model. And I think that's a good example of how strategy like spreads a bit like a virus and connects to the existing conversations. And it's not about like one story, but about like one element or concept out of that strategy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that changes how the organization um,
2: and company operates. I, that, is, that is the mimification, basically, of what's happening. And that's, that's really, really super powerful. I, I experienced that, that quite some times. But when you ask what kinds of stories or narratives are being generated from the process, I'd like to add one thing that we haven't discussed uh, about yet. It's the formal grammar that the product field offers. And the grammar means that you, while checking the consistency of your strategy, you are coming up with sentences. So, sentences help you to, to understand if the, the stuff that you have mapped actually makes sense. And the beautiful thing about these sentences is that uh, once you have a sentence that not only makes sense, but is a really convincing story or a narrative, you can use that to talk to designers. You can use that to talk to your management. You can use that to talk to, to marketers, or you can use that to talk to engineers. It's very hard to come up with a concrete example without visualizing the product field right now in front of our listeners, because that's, that would be really easy to, to show. But basically it's, if you, if you are talking about the users and the motivations and the problem and the product, you should be able to form a sentence where from each of those four aspects, one, one uh, insight is put into, a, into the sentence. For example, for a person who wants to get from A to B but doesn't uh, know how, a car is a good solution. So that is a sentence that you could use uh, to make the basically the value proposition of your of your product pretty clear. And those are the informations, those four little things that building blocks that I just mentioned that came out of the organization and was was narrowed down by a converging process. And the same applies to goals, uniqueness, and drivers. So you have to describe um, something like, well, we want to change the world, or we want to decarbonize the world. So we need a leader who knows how to do it to build a, a, a Tesla mm-hmm. that that does that. So that is a narrative that you can use for basically your investors, or for for yeah. so. so and, and the same applies for for the story that you can draw, drag out of the, the product field for marketers and engineers. I could go on and on because that is that is basically what what the product field. Um, gives to you, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a geschenk. it's a present, uh, You, it falls out of it. And there are all these narratives that you already have while you're doing the process. And you can just pick those who, who stick the most. And that is really, really super powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Um I can imagine this one also, you know, like to be the counter countercheck, Like you use the, the example of the carbon footprint and decarbonize the world and blah, blah, blah. And you end up at Tesla and then you can, of course, you know, like, ask yourself the question, can a Tesla decarbonize the world, right? And then figure yes. out if this is the right solution or not, right? I mean, yes. I know the world is more complex, but I think this is like a very, let's say, I can imagine this one is very very clear and simple and understandable for all stakeholders kind of approach to say like, okay, are we there on track or are we creating a story that we want to believe in that is just like based on nothing, right? And I think this is like, like, like very important to this field. I would like to jump over now to, to, to another thing, which we've been discussing, like in some previous uh, calls before, and this was the, the aspect of a, is a product strategy, something that you create and live by for, let's say the next, I'm I'm not sure what kind of timelines you typically focus on, but you know, like at least say, let's say, say at least minimum a year or something where I say like, okay, we created the strategy. Now we're going to execute on the strategy. Or then the other question, of course, if it's not like that one, how should this actually develop and can be developed over time?
0: So there's that mantra. I think it it, it comes from the cathedral and the bar, bazaar, this article, article of the open source community. It's by, by Raymond, I guess. It's release, early release, often, and listen to your customers. So I think that release cycle really determines how fluid or how continuous should you work on your strategy because i think uh, we are having this discussion and it's because like creating new things is complex right creating new products and making innovation is is complex and it's it's a process of you could say like learning or knowledge creation so organizations like learn about their environment so knowledge flows from the outside in But, for example, in order to understand the problems the users have, right? So that's knowledge that comes from the outside to the inside of the organization. But then they create a solution in form of a product or feature. And while they release that feature, and they release it early, and they release it often, they kind of like bring knowledge to the outside, to the environment again. So the knowledge about the solution is embodied in the product, right? And once the product or the feature is out there... And the environment changes because people now do have a new solution to the, to the problem. And this gives this constant flow of knowledge from inside, outside and, and, and in both directions. And as the environment is constantly changing, therefore there's a need to adapt and there's a need to adapt your product strategy.
1: Yeah. And I think I think you, Klaus, mentioned this one in the in the very early sentences that you said. A strategy describes where you are right now and where you want to be, right? And the moment you start doing this one, you probably like gain bits and pieces of knowledge that will either say what you have imagined where you want to be because it's a look into the future, yes. not be true anymore, or not that precise, or not that ideal as you wanted to, that you might take these kind of information to adapt over time sure. so ideally then, if, if I just like follow this uh, thought through um, you always have a strategy that looks into the future and has never been done
0: exactly and this is this is yeah a great conclusion because you can like check for yourself what do we know today that we did not know when we last looked at our strategy right yes yeah and how does this new knowledge affect our doing the problem here is if your strategy is equal to that presentation that you gave like one story for a very specific audience at one point and at at a time this question is not that easy to answer but if you ask that questions having that big picture that concept map and you look at the elements and the connections it's way easier to answer that Because you still see the parts and the connections and how close are the things connected and what has changed. You're not looking at one story for a specific audience and try to compare it with the new knowledge. And this map really leaves space for knowledge that you're not expecting, right? Because <laughs> otherwise you're comparing to, to kind of a fixed and static thing. And yeah. then the next question is, okay, how does this new knowledge affect our doing? And this is like a good point to, or a good sign to, to rebuild or rethink that strategy. And it's not a hard thing because you are like rethinking ba- based on a, on, a, on a solid state or on a knowledge base. So updating the strategy is way easier <laughs> than uh, rebuilding it over and over again in form of a yeah. slide deck.
2: Yeah. And, and I would like to add maybe some people uh, or some people do confuse a strategy with goals so or visions or missions or something like that so it's very important to differentiate here because obviously your goal shouldn't change that often or your mission or vision or whatever you call it it's just the how to get there and this needs to be adapted all the time think think about your your google maps if you want to go from here to munich i'm, I'm in hamburg here <laughs> and and if i if i just uh, hit now i uh, this is the best route there will come new information into that system of Google Maps and and route me to other routes, to other streets so that I get to Munich, because Munich will be my goal. And that's the same with strategy. So in this case, Google Maps is a strategy tool. Mm -hmm.
1: This leads me to my next question and probably like the, uh, the last topic that I want to discuss with you today, because I think we already gathered tons of information, and this is The question of quality. I mean you can build up a strategy and a strategy can be I would say good and a strategy can be bad. Let's let's name it like this one. Maybe it can't be. But I would love to hear from you if there's anything that tells me I did a mistake with my strategy or it's not that good. I need to let's say gather more information. Why? Because you know, like we've been discussing all this field about the target groups and the users and the capabilities of the software and so on so further. But we all know that it's sometimes the data that we're generating is probably not always the absolute best information, or we could have dig deeper even in that moment. It sounded like the best possible ideas, and it's so clear in that moment. And Then there's an additional data set that comes in and just like screws up my entire kind of like way to go. But long story short, what is your thoughts on getting to a high qualitative product strategy if
0: you can say that Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> Not easy to answer but
1: I mean, is there something where you say let me reframe the question a little bit? When you you are in workshops with with customers, right? You've probably have seen and worked on so many strategies and situations that you probably get a feeling of okay, this is something I think we're now getting to a state where we can start to build the presentation and start to build the stories Mm -hmm. and not just like, you know, keep going with what we have right now.
0: Yes. So, but, but that's okay. (laughs) That's a bit like off topic, but I give you one answer for these kind of situations, like working with people on the product strategy at the end, the people who are working on that product strategy need to carry out that strategy. So they need to be able to, fully comprehend the strategy they are talking about so from an outside position it's like really hard to 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 like dictate or inform their strategy so every facilitation process should like lead to their revelation or their insights that they are capable to 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 realize but i think like groups have a feeling for the quality of the strategy and What we found out that describing a strategy actually improves the quality of the strategy so updating the knowledge and iterating on the description of the strategy is like a hand in hand with improving the uh, the quality of the strategy people can't do differently i think like riddle described that like talking about the problem already leads to the solution of that problem so in Germany is the translation is realizing where the problem is, is a hard thing, not coming up with a solution. <laughs> so and a bit that that goes yeah. hand in hand with with the strategy. The strategy improves the more information you integrate and the more insights you're building. And we looking at like completeness, we mm-hmm. looking at interconnectedness are all mm-hmm. elements in that system connected to other elements? Or are they standing like isolated? So when they're standing isolated, and that's something you can share with a team or show to a team, or that even like our software can like visualize, this is not connected in your thinking or in the way you're describing the strategy or the elements and connections right now. This sometimes leads to the realization, oh right, we're just like putting something on a poster here that we're not able to realize. This, in some cases, (laughs) happens when uh, teams talk about their uniqueness. And uh, so this is completeness. This is interconnectedness of the elements that lead to a good strategy. And then there's something called integrity. But this is like very hard uh, to sense. It's really about like humans asking questions to find out, is it like just, is it really a description of the state you're in? Is it a description of the obstacles you have or are you coming up with something that is not true Mm -hmm. and the truth or this, the truth is really informed through different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like elevate this potential flaw of the strategy and this is helpful for, for group situations.
1: I think also like this personal bias that you have with data. I think you should be extremely aware of because we are all people who get biased quite fast no matter how hard we try not to be biased sure. and not, you know, like just like accept the day that, that we re- receive some word, hold it for true, which is actually not true and make sure that we're going to build this on, not build it on sand, but rather on on, on on solid information.
0: Yes. And then it's about the plausibility, right? And uh, f- yeah. f- the plausibility in forms of stories for different stakeholders and audiences And we believe like a great product or a good product has positive impact towards like all stakeholders, users, customers, the people building that thing and investors or people leading that thing. And (laughs) if you are able to plausible tell a story based on the elements of the strategy to all stakeholders, then it's an indicator of integrity.
1: Yeah, Very, very, very true. All right. Yeah. And now you've both been working not only on the product f- field, which uh, I can highly recommend to to, to buy the book. Uh, it's a very beautiful book. It's very visual uh, and it's really holding true to the uh, things that we've discussed to, uh, today about. And now you're also working on software. Field.so, right? Can you just like tell us what that software should serve? Pro- like which kind of problem do you want to solve with that software?
2: Well, yeah, basically, the first thing that was our perspective is everything that the product field does well, does it in a a very limited way, because as I mentioned before, it's a workshop tool. So the first thing that our driver was, if you want to bring the product field uh, into the world in a more scaled way, we need to build software. Uh, And by, by more scaled, I mean, inside the organization to be able to invite more people to it and also when you do it with this process with software you are able to well to document the thinking process the shared thinking process that usually happens in a workshop in in a, in a database in a software so those are two two limiting things that always are the case when you do workshops when you do synchronized workshop workshops. so we had to do it in a distributed way an asynchronous way and in a very well uh, sustainable way because software is sustainable and so that is that was our motivation so now what what the problem that um, the software solves maybe also on top of the the use of the product field in the workshop is this shared understanding this shared uh, development of context awareness is happening along the way while a product lead uses the software invites people and and, and and picks narratives and presents this, these narratives back to the organization. That is where a, a, a shared understanding really not just takes place in a small room, but takes place in a scaled way throughout the whole organization. So that is what we are trying to, to establish here, a facilitation software that helps products, product teams to make sense and to foster meaningful collaboration on strategy, on product development. That is basically uh, what the software does. And it all already does that. We are still in private beta, but we have paying customers who uh, already use the software to do just that. And that is really beautiful to see and to talk to those to those products guys and and ask them how how they, how they really capture the value and they are really like, yeah, sort of loving it. and that's that's really yeah fulfilling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a great pleasure to have you here and i wish you all the best i can also highly recommend you also to check out the resources for me it has become a very valuable tool to look into different areas and yeah i hope you're gonna gonna talk to to each other soon and elaborate more on the details of the product strategy
2: yeah thank you we hope that too Tom, for having us
0: we hope you enjoyed our podcast if you did How about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating?